Visualize who you want to be and show up as her every damn day. That girl is the new standard of self-care and self-improvement we're all failing to live up to. That girl's promise is that if you get up early every morning, exercise, eat healthful and photogenic meals, write in your journal, and buy all the right skincare products and apps, you too can become that girl, the one who's at the top of her game and living her best life. All you need to start doing is building your new life starting today and moving forward. But this trend that's taken over TikTok and YouTube since 2021 is a performance that seems kind of exhausting. And turning self-care into a job misses the whole point of what wellness really is. The trend is an extension of life hacking, an idea which rose to popularity in the 2010s, that you can make your existence radically easier by optimizing how you carry out certain tasks. I'm a tuna, I peel bananas weird. Well, that's actually a life hack, so <laughs> the stems create a natural holding stick. That's why the monkeys do it. The that girl trend specifically offers ways to hack wellness, underlining that as the conversation around mental health and wellness becomes ever more mainstream, in the process, these things have been commodified and even turned into yet more venues for productivity. The that girl trend basically implies the point of having good mental health is to be more efficient and successful within the capitalist system. But while that girl's lifestyle promises shortcuts toward fulfillment, does it actually create more work? and raise expectations for women yet higher, especially when we're just seeing social media curations of a perfectly healthy life. In critiques of that girl, as well as fictional on-screen characters who present an exhaustingly perfect image, we can see how this type is turning healthy lifestyle choices into more ways for us all to not measure up. I sent my wellness coach a drop of my blood and she told me which foods go best with my blood type. So it's lots and lots of greens and lean proteins and no legumes. Here's our take on that girl and how the irony of turning mindfulness into a productivity tool is a perfect mirror of so many modern cultural problems. Day four, becoming my highest self. If you're new here, be sure to subscribe and hit the bell to be notified about all of our new videos. I have a formula for mental health. You do something for your mind, something for your body, and something for your soul every day. While it's undoubtedly positive that society has become more open about discussing mental health, are we talking about it in the right way to affect real change? The theory that underpins a lot of that girl's mental health content is mindfulness, the practice of being fully in the moment and not overly influenced, overwhelmed by or reactive to external factors. It's just focusing on yourself and taking care of yourself and being mindful. But mindfulness, originally a Buddhist concept, has been co-opted by Western cultures in a way that's changed how it works arguably beyond all recognition, and that's potentially limited its mental benefits. Mindfulness is about a profound acceptance of the present moment as it is, including how much we can't change it. It involves not resisting the full discomfort of life and letting go of the fantasy that we could ever fully escape discomfort by controlling reality, bending every detail to our will. But mindfulness, as co-opted by Western culture, has become yet another productivity technique, something to fit into your day as you go on misguidedly pursuing the illusion of control. While self-care and self-improvement come up in almost every That Girl video, so does work, implying that becoming that girl will in effect make you a better worker. I change into my workout clothes and do a 30-minute workout, which has so many benefits like heart health, increased productivity. Originally, mindfulness comes from cultures that value community and interdependence. According to psychologist Dr. Michael Poulin, practicing mindfulness in this context increases pro-social actions. 
However, in commercialized mindfulness like the That Girl trend, the focus isn't on interdependence, but independence. Just as so much of today's time management industry is about maximizing time for yourself, completely under your control. An idea that comes up in almost every That Girl video of becoming the best version of yourself. Always deliver the best version of yourself. And when the focus is on this form of independent control, Dr. Poulin reveals that mindfulness decreases pro-social behavior. That girl's focus on fad diets and expensive skincare regimens also suggest that mental health problems are something you can buy your way out of or fix through superficial lifestyle changes. For some reason, I kind of get the vibe that that girl is someone that kind of puts on face masks in the morning. This places a financial burden on looking after yourself, intimating that becoming that girl is only really possible from a starting point of privilege. It's undeniable that millennials and Gen Z are suffering with their mental health, or at least aware of mental health challenges, like no previous generations were, with only 45% of Gen Z reporting that their mental health is good or excellent. Many of our country's youngest voters feel depressed and disenfranchised. They're worried about the future and concerned about the coronavirus. It's hardly surprising when you look at how young people have been born into financial insecurity, the worsening climate crisis, and now the global pandemic. But these generations are still a powerful market, and so their poor mental health has been seized upon by companies promising that their mental health can be fixed if they just buy the right product, download the right app, or go on the right vacation. But it can be dangerous to take mental health discussions away from a clinical space and into the commercial space. And while there is a certain appeal to empowering people to look after their own mental health, this can lead to dispensing advice that's shorn of proper context. Netflix's The Goop Lab raises valid questions about whether psilocybin has healing properties or whether antidepressant medications are overprescribed and not the best treatment for everyone, especially when not used in conjunction with psychotherapy. Prozac, uh, Celex, uh, Zoloft, psychiatry left psychotherapy behind, and we embrace these drugs that we all know give terrible side effects. But it's a complicated conversation that needs depth, and the kind of retreat that we see Gwyneth Paltrow and her staff go on, in which magic mushrooms are used in a controlled environment, can cost anywhere between $1,700 and $10,000. So while they're luxurious, potentially beneficial packages, they're just that. Package vacations, not medical interventions, and not an attainable alternative for most people. The final season of Search Party satirizes this whole climate when protagonist Dory becomes a kind of guru trying to share enlightenment with the world. I died for 37 seconds. And in that time, I received an infinite volume of unconscious wisdom. I am going to find a way for everyone to experience an awakening. But as her desire to spread her belief that we all must die to become our best selves merges with the tech industry's drive for profit and the consumer's eagerness to believe in quick, unproven fixes, Dory accidentally ends up bringing on a zombie pandemic. The whole idea of life hacking seems to accept that life itself, or living in the world as it is right now, is difficult and anxiety-inducing, and so needs to be gamed in order to make it slightly easier and less stressful. Yet none of these hacks actually address the roots of our problems. Speaking of how to really fix common day-to-day -day problems, HelloFresh has made cooking and eating at home so easy and stress-free for me. Right now, you can go to hellofresh.com slash thetake16 and use code thetake16 to get up to 16 free meals and three free gifts. HelloFresh is America's number one meal kit because they make upping your game in the kitchen simple. HelloFresh offers 50 weekly recipes featuring a range of flavors, cuisines, and ingredients so you'll never get bored. You can try something new every week. 
They also offer the flexibility you need with customizable orders every week. You can add extra proteins and sides, change up the serving size when you have guests, or just double up on your favorite recipes. And on top of all this, HelloFresh is 30% cheaper than shopping at your local grocery store. Plus, you skip the checkout lines. I love that HelloFresh is like my helpful guide in the kitchen. It makes me feel like I'm not just winging it because it gives me so many new recipe ideas and ingredient options. Check out some of the delicious HelloFresh meals I made, like this honey thyme chicken. Go to HelloFresh.com slash TheTake16 and use the code TheTake16 for up to 16 free meals and three free gifts. If you're becoming that girl, do it for herself, no one else. The things suggested to do by the that girl trend aren't innately gendered in any way. Common tips across that girl videos include getting up early, going vegan, and regularly exercising. So why is it that the trend is only focused on women? And why, in general, do these impossible lifestyle standards seem to be marketed to women more than men? Historically, things that are supposedly invented to empower and liberate women have often had the opposite effect. In Betty Friedan's The Feminine Mystique, she argued that while vacuum cleaners and washer-dryers were supposed to free up time for women in the home, these advances actually just raised the standard expected of housewives, saying each labor-saving appliance brought a labor-demanding elaboration of housework. Each scientific advance that might have freed women from the drudgery of cooking, cleaning, and washing instead imposed new drudgery. We can't just keep the same standards of complete perfection in the home that we, that, that we used to have. In recent years, a lot of mainstream feminism, like the That Girl trend, has focused on wellness and self-care, with the nice-sounding goal of helping women, who are often overburdened with caring for others, devote some much-needed attention to themselves. But is all this just doing the same thing that Friedan's feminism sought to challenge? Raising the bar and opening up yet more work for women? In order for you to become that girl, you need to start compartmentalizing and organizing everything that you do in your life. Gwyneth Paltrow, arguably a Gen X version of that girl, channeled this whole energy into lifestyle company Goop, which has been valued at over $430 million and become a leading voice in mainstream feminism. Part of Goop's idea of feminism is to reclaim ideas of domesticity. In a feature entitled, Is it Anti-Feminist to Cook for My Boyfriend?, Paltrow writes, What's actually anti-feminist at this point is prescribing what feminism is, including looking down on domesticity. I believe in a version of feminism where every person can express the traditionally feminine aspects of themselves as they see fit. Similarly, Marie Kondo's The Life-Changing Magic of Tidying Up, in a sense, rebranded housework as something that can be empowering, fulfilling, and beneficial for mental health. By providing a new method or life hack for tidying, Kondo turned it into something that no longer felt like a chore, but instead an Instagrammable lifestyle choice. Folding is not just making your clothes smaller. It is actually an important opportunity to talk to your crows and thank them. On the positive side, some of these trends may counter the drudgery of certain necessary domestic tasks by inviting us to approach them from new angles or make women who genuinely like cooking, cleaning, or skincare feel more validated and less judged for that. Yet, at the same time, the claims that all this is an empowering new form of feminism is suspect because many of these trends really end up creating yet more difficult to attain standards for women. Then I take the time to read, journal, and write down my daily gratitude list, a practice which has been proven to improve your overall well-being. When you look at how that girl trends overlap with the ethos of productivity, you could argue that girl is even a new iteration of the girl boss feminist, who in recent years has been disgraced for her hypocrisy and failure to live up to her promises of being better than the guy CEOs. Yet like the girl boss feminist, that girl not only works hard, but makes that process look cool and almost effortless. 
she may be a little more traditionally feminine in her skincare and health focus and not talk as much about bossing other employees, but she still manifests our culture's desire for women to perform a kind of productivity or hustle culture as a way to assert their independence. We're still sold the myth that women no longer have to deal with industry gatekeepers or patriarchal glass ceilings because they can climb up the ladder themselves as creative self-starters and influencers. If you want something enough, you can achieve it, and it just depends to what lengths you want to go to get where you want to be in the future. And I I'll go to any length. The That Girl trend may present itself as up-to-date and forward-thinking, but if you step back, it's actually about looking beautiful, cooking and eating well, and creating an idealized domestic space. In that sense, the only major difference between it and the kind of traditional feminine ideals that were placed upon past homemakers is that now women are being asked to do it for themselves, rather than for the sake of a husband. But Gen Z's That Girl, and versions of it that Paltrow and Kondo represent for older generations, present an even more beautifully unattainable vision of ideal domesticity. Did past homemakers have to worry about maintaining this level of healthy, clean foods and Instagrammable presentations? Then it's time to hop in the shower, put on my outfit of the day, and make a pretty colored drink, and an aesthetically pleasing breakfast that is almost too pretty to eat. Did most of them do so while also having productive full-time jobs? And even if the idea is supposedly that you're doing it for yourself, there's still a lot of pressure on women, especially if they become moms, to obtain some level of this or feel like they're failing. We can see how plenty of examples of that girl characters in film and TV are an expression of the main character's specific anxiety about what kind of polished, superior femininity she blames herself for not living up to. God, she's so skinny. No wonder Josh loves her. The that girl phrase itself is revealing. She's not the girl any of us are, but that other girl who looks like she's doing it better and thus makes us feel bad about ourselves. Even the positive that girl videos starting this trend are from the perspective of willing yourself to be that girl by copying the image of how you think she'd go about her day. That girl would do it. She would be drinking juices, she would be drinking really healthy things, things that are good for her, so we're just gonna do it. Likewise, most of the film and TV stories about a that girl, whether she's self-care obsessed or more generally image conscious, end up revealing that she's faking it too, and actually not very happy, because devoting lots of time to keeping up a false image of perfection is, big surprise, not a route to feeling great and prioritizing your actual mental health. In other words, mimicking this outer image of the that girl in your life isn't really gonna work in the long term to give you any lasting sense of peace, mindfulness, or identity. Why are you trying to lose weight? You're not fit. Thank you, but I'd, I'd still like to be thinner. As everybody's so obsessed with that kind of thing. I think we're all obsessed with being a little better than we were yesterday. The wellness industry has long been co-opting and culturally appropriating established cultural practices for Western white consumers. Take the whitewashing of yoga or expensive turmeric lattes, both of which have been staples of Indian culture for centuries. The drinks are originally called haldidud. The effect is to erase the influence of people of color on these trends and, as a result, almost exclude them from participating. What's tahini? Flavor sauce. And falafel? Crunch patties. So we'd be selling foreign Specialty food. foods. Veganism has been accused of this same cultural erasure, because while the term itself was coined in 1944 by Donald Watson, many non-white cultures and religions already practiced essentially the same diet, and today less rich populations are getting priced out of their own culture. As has happened in Mexico with the price of avocado skyrocketing, thanks to the popularity of avocado toast and avocado oils used in the beauty sector. Another day, another avocado toast. 
Likewise, according to an article from Refinery29, the that girl term was initially popular with black women in the black queer community before being taken over by white women. And if you search through the that girl hashtag on YouTube or TikTok, it is now almost exclusively a white space. Divorcing something like mindfulness from its cultural context and just appropriating its surface level aesthetic makes the end result hollow, which is why it's maybe not as beneficial as it may first seem. Even aside from mental health, how healthy are that girl's eating and other lifestyle choices necessarily? The concept of clean eating extolling the virtues of basing your diet solely around raw fruit and vegetables, protein supplements, and avoiding so-called bad foods not only is time and money intensive, but is also a simplistic, relatively untested approach to nutrition. Influences of feeding a dangerous new eating disorder where a person becomes so obsessed with clean living that it controls their life and mind. Food is so much more than ingredients. It has cultural and social value, as cooking and eating brings us together with our families, friends, and communities. Author Pia Schiavocampo writes, These foods are what our ancestors lived on. I care less about how clean it is, and I am far more interested in how its flavors can heal my spirit and connect me to my ancestral powers of resiliency and ingenuity. Worst of all, the priority when it comes to food in That Girl videos isn't really nutrition or flavor at all, but how it looks on screen. I wanted to do like kind of like a cute little aesthetic breakfast. In addition to whiteness, the That Girl trend is dominated by thinness. Eating disorder specialist Michelle Scott explained to Glamour magazine that the trend is potentially harmful, saying, Social media doesn't create eating disorders, but it gives us the means to look at something we might want to be if we don't feel good about ourselves. Despite the fact that we know thin doesn't necessarily mean healthy, and that being fat doesn't necessarily mean unhealthy, that girl subtly perpetuates this falsehood by centering around perfect, sculpted bodies and lifestyles that revolve around restrictive diets and intense gym routines. So if becoming that girl, living by the Bible of goop, and buying expensive skincare products isn't real self-care, then what is? Let's take this time to reset. There are some influencers or public figures who offer useful guidance in a relatively laid-back, down-to-earth way. Adrian Mishler's Yoga with Adrian channel has something of the that girl aesthetic, although its 2012 start comfortably predates the trend. But it's low stress, accessible, and feels inclusive. You don't need any blocks, you don't need any blankets, all you need is your body and an open mind. While at-home fitness apps like Peloton and Les Mills can come at a high price point, Yoga with Adrian is completely free and focused on community, with Adrian herself saying, I've tried to steer clear of the I'm the leader and the guru and create more of a peer-to-peer -peer relationship. I've definitely always tried to position myself as the friend. It's certainly great if you can incorporate healthy routines and positive communities into your life in a moderate, sustainable way, especially one that satisfies you, even if not on Instagram. We'll have to unburden you from that soon. Oh, shit. What? It hurts, but it's so worth it. But I'm, do you mean like, for the whole time? But it's my phone. But feeling a higher sense of wellness and health probably requires thinking beyond just what's good for you. Since the start of the pandemic, the role models who've inspired many of us have exhibited true selflessness and commitment to the wider community. So maybe that girl or that person we should be following is the one who can inspire others to contribute toward the prosperity, health, and preservation of all people. As Oliver Berkman writes in 4,000 Weeks, Time Management for Mortals, the only way to solve our time management problems isn't to up our speed and efficiency, but to stop thinking of time as a commodity we use and always need more of. Quote, Nobody in the history of humanity has ever achieved work-life balance, 
whatever that might be, and you certainly won't get there by copying the six things successful people do before 7 a.m. The day will never arrive when you finally have everything under control. But according to Berkman, this defeat is excellent news because by not falling into the productivity trap and hoping someday we'll finally be that perfect self, i.e. that girl, we're freed up to just do something somewhat meaningful with the limited time we have. We spend our lives avoiding the thought that our time here is limited. This is the take on your favorite movie shows and pop culture. Thanks for watching and don't forget to subscribe.